0: <laughs> it's okay.
1: I should know the format better.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's our second time out. Come on. Welcome to The Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to in depth topical discussions on digital marketing and digital patient engagement strategies that are impacting hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we're gonna have in-depth discussions on the tools, solutions, processes, even change management ideas that are gonna help organizations become digital first. I'm your host, Chris Boyer, and I am joined by my co-host, Reed Smith. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you doing today? I'm great. Well, this is our second time out, Reed. What do you think?
1: We're back. So hopefully somebody that listened to the first one is now listening to the second one. <laughs>
0: That's true. That's the goal. But <laughs> That's, that is our hub. That's how we build an audience. That's right. um, but for those of you who may not have heard the first one, Reed, um, maybe you want to give a little quick intro into in who you are?
1: Absolutely. So, Reed Smith, you can find me online, uh, Twitter primarily uh, at Reed Smith. You can also find me on the interwebs at socialhealthinstitute.com. Uh, my background is as a hospital marketing director, and then I've been lucky enough to work uh, with some of the state-level hospital associations and hospitals around the country over the last few years, and uh, Chris and I uh, got to know each other and have spent quite a bit of time uh, up at the Mayo Clinic uh, on the uh, Mayo Clinic social media uh, network, and um, yeah, just look forward
0: to uh, you know getting,
1: getting to connect with a few more folks through a new medium.
0: And I'm Chris Boyer. Uh, you can find me at Chris Boyer online. I'm pretty much every social platform out there. I have the at Chris Boyer handle. Um, my website is ChristopherBoyer.com. I am, I, I'm a senior digital strategist. I, I run a consultancy that focuses on digital marketing and communication strategies for hospitals, health systems, health services, health IT companies. I've led digital at a couple of major hospital systems in the past. One in New York City, the other in uh, in the in the DC area. And um, I've spent a lot of my time nowadays talking about digital marketing, clinical transformation, and digital patient experiences with hospitals. Reed, maybe you can explain really quickly what kind of what the format is. We probably won't have to do this much more, but um, might be good for the second time.
1: Absolutely. So uh, we'll start out with uh, something that's relevant in the news. And, and again, uh, kind of going off what you said earlier, uh,
0: thematically,
1: we're going to try to carry you all the way through a single podcast where what we cover in the news carries along. So we'll talk about that and discuss that a little bit. And then we'll roll into a touch point, uh, counter touch point where we uh, take two sides of an, of an argument based on that same kind of news item. Um, At times we'll talk to a pro about that. So we'll go outside of our knowledge base and talk to somebody else that maybe we uh, already know, maybe we don't know them, but we tracked them down and somebody that's an expert in that space and kind of get their thoughts um, and then, um, you know, leave some people with some recommendations uh, at the end and some suggestions based on some things that we've come across.
0: Yeah. And we're going to have fun along the way, too. Absolutely. Sometimes we'll talk about things that don't really, you know, apply to this, but we'll certainly make sure to try to thematically tie it all together. Awesome. Cool. Well, what's our topic today, Reed? What are we going to dive into deeper?
1: The topic today content management systems. Uh, or CMS. Uh, You know, folks have uh, heard about this, I'm sure, talk about this, have one, use one, would like a different one, like the one they have, don't like the one they have, but uh, at the very least, uh, something that we thought would be an interesting topic. And um, based on our friends' uh, Wikipedia entry, a content (laughs) management system is a computer application that supports the creation and modification of digital contents often used to support multiple users in a collaborative environment. So in short, this is typically the piece of software that we use to run
0: our websites, is how we like to think about it. Why don't we just call it a website then? We probably should. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know, that I think it is a little bit deeper than just that, right? Because there's different parts of a CMS. There's the parts that you see on a website, which technically we call the presentation layer. But that's like the web pages and the content and all the videos and pictures and all the fun stuff and all the buttons and things. And then there's the backend system, which is um, where you kind of manage all the stuff that kind of um, that, that gets published to your website. So I think that it's important to think about, you know, as a CMS, it's a, it's a little bit more than just a website, right? It's, it's, sure. it's an intricate application.
1: It is, and I think for the most part, at least uh, handful of years ago, maybe more now, websites were a hard-coded, um, you know, site that that people could see from a presentation standpoint, but um, it was very hard to manage, control, maintain. Um, stuff would get broken, to get real messy. It didn't. It didn't allow a lot of flexibility, nor really a lot of input or creation from the hospital. It usually required some third party, some expertise you didn't have on your staff, you know, et cetera. So, content management systems came around uh, and allowed those uh, inside the hospital to really be able to log into the website uh, from the back end and update events and news items and content on the pages and things like that and that's probably what most people still use it for
0: yeah it, it leads to a lot of complexities and i think we're going to talk about that in depth now what 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 is news
1: All right. So let's let's dig a little bit deeper in the the reason we're even talking about content management systems today Uh, here recently, uh, probably in the last week or so, I came across an article. I believe I initially saw it on LinkedIn. It's called the CMS industry is a mess. Marketer Chris Justice says, and Chris Justice is a uh, friend of mine uh, that I've known for some years. He lives here in the uh, in the Austin area and is uh, pretty well known in the CMS space. Has even lived abroad and run some different companies. And you know, we'll we'll, we'll leave a, a link to this in the show notes, but. Uh, it kind of got me thinking a little bit. Um, he goes into you know some some little bit of technical stuff and even talks about you know the differences in in American culture, et cetera, et cetera. But it really got to me thinking about content management systems relative to hospitals. Um, you know what is why why are we using you know what is the role of the content management system now? What are people actually looking for now? Um, has that changed over the last few years? And when he says it's a mess, well, what does that mean? Does that, does that translate into healthcare? Sometimes we're um, a little slower to adopt and some things like that. So is it, it, are content management systems really serving the purpose that they're meant to serve? And where do we kind of see that going? Um, so, I, you know, I'll toss that out initially, I, you know, what, what do you really see the role of a content management system being for a hospital?
0: Well, you know, a lot of hospitals I work with, Reed, they um, they really view their website, their content management system, as probably one of the primary touch points on in the digital tool suite, so to speak, in which most people interact with. And if you think about it, you know, I ran actually hospital websites for a number of years, and the CMS is the most frequent and most traffic tool that uh, patients, potential patients, uh, even employees were using to actually access information about the organization. So it becomes very important and almost like sort of the authoritative source of your information online. And so I, I see that the the CMS in the most basic way, is probably one of the largest um, engagement. Systems that are out there in the whole technology stack—it's one of the the most frequently used. Um, but I also know, having worked with a couple of the most recent CMSs, that they're fundamentally changing. Right, their role is changing dramatically. In in what in what way? Well, first of all, you see a lot of the newer CMSs. The CMSs that you know, um, you know, maybe not the old Joomla CMS—not to pick on Joomla—but you know, CMSs that have Dynamic content now have the ability to uh, pr- start to personalize content based on search patterns, search preferences. Um, you know, uh, working I've worked with a lot of personalization uh, modules on some open source platforms that really are are providing uh, a new way that the website itself uh, starts to interact based on how you use it. Right, what you click on, you start to it starts to show preferences for new things. Sure. It it learns what you're looking for. Um, another thing that it does is, I mean, because of that, I mean, obviously it's tracking a lot of information about the user. So it's becoming a really important repository of preferences, an important repository of understanding, you know, how people use the site, which is providing valuable information back to the people managing those websites theoretically, to allow them to improve their websites. Um, so I see that there's a lot of movement in that in that regard. And then the last is around something um, called uh, headless CMS. You heard of that before? Define that a little bit because
1: I think, well, I've seen it in a couple of articles, but I don't know that that's really something that
0: we've talked about or, or see a lot in the hospital world. Yeah, you're right. We're probably not seeing it a lot. but um, a headless CMS in, an, in, in the most simplest sense, a headless CMS is one that separates, separates the presentation layer, the, the front end, the stuff that you see on the website, from the back end content management component of the CMS. So imagine you know that all the stuff that you're putting in on the back end of the website um, is then through, uh, through the software translated into a presentation. Which is the web pages typically. So, in a headless CMS format, that content management system suddenly starts to have content and relevant information about that content that can now be shared to not just one web page, but maybe multiple different pages, maybe shared to um, mobile sites or even shared to mobile apps, uh, shared to, um, you know, uh, Perhaps you know uh, other types of digital applications, some headless CMSs or even you know sharing content directly into like social accounts. Uh, so what happens now is you're you're creating content in one area in a repository, you have all this metadata and and then the presentation layer, which is separate from now the content management system, can be presented in multiple different places
1: so lots and lots of information so let's back up for just a second. so we talked about uh, you mentioned open source earlier. I think you know a lot of folks out there will understand when they hear some of the names uh, of content management systems. So, from a from a license perspective, you know you really have two paths to go. You have open source, which is you know uh, I hate using this term, but free. You know the software is the software is free. Let's let's say that. So the, the software is free. Good examples of that would be WordPress. That's that's a very common you know open source platform that that people use a lot for blog properties. But websites have been built off of it and are being built off of it. Drupal uh, is another uh, open source platform
0: that a lot of folks use. Open source means that there's a large community. Of um, of of people that can actually freely modify the code and make changes and add and build things on top of it. Sure. You know? Sure. So
1: you need a calendar. Somebody's probably already built that widget, for lack of a better word, and allows you to kind of plug and play to some degree. Uh, you know, I think the other side of the equation is the licensed piece. This is this is software that you buy or subscribe to. You pay you pay an annual license in most cases. That usually provides you some level of support you know, common ones, at least in, in the hospital world, you have Sitecore, Sitefinity, uh, Co, um, you know, and I'm sure several others, you know, both large and small. And then, you know, there's, there's other ones out there, obviously, that have different, uh, it's funny, you start seeing some of these more uh, vertical specifics so healthcare versus hospitality versus uh, retail, you know, et cetera, that have different needs to them, like e-commerce or something like that. So, Th- those are kind of the two big dividing lines, you know. Are you going to go with a with an open source platform or a licensed platform? And I think, you know, does it really matter? You know, this 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 is a conversation that that I've had with a lot of folks uh, over time. Is you know, does it matter which CMS? Because I, I still think, in a lot of cases, the majority or, or the main reason maybe that that we're using this is so we. Um, using air quotes, we the hospital can update content that's in that presentation layer. So, so you can change when someone comes to you from women's services and says, you know, we did this NICU expansion and the bed count changed. You can go in there and change it without involving someone with programming or technical skill set. That's still the way we view a CMS. And you talked a little bit about you know, integration to apps, uh, to other, you know, sites, to, um, you know, responsive or mobile first sites and things like that. And so some of the CMSs have obviously gone down that path and and you even mentioned posting directly to social media. So, but does it, does it matter? Does it matter right now uh, what CMS you get? Not by, not by name per se, but I mean, is it, are you going to see a measurable difference? You know, there's certain things that, you know, can only be found with a licensed CMS versus open source for, you know, or anything like that.
0: I think there are certain benefits uh, to to considering either open, and this is my personal opinion, right? About considering open versus uh, sort of a licensed CMS, and it really depends on a, a number of factors, right? Your organization, uh, how how much development staff or expertise you have on staff, or if you're partnering with someone that can actually do the development. There's a there's a lot of efficiencies when you look at things, you know. Um, you look at sort of a licensed CMS that maybe is built like a Sitecore or, or what have you, right? For um, for healthcare, because a lot of those apps, a lot of the functionality is already built in. Find a doctor tools, and you know different things like that. There's that integration is is there. Um, uh, I think you know, open certainly provides you a lot of flexibility, but like, it's like you know, someone once said, uh, with great power comes great responsibility, right? In that you suddenly have all of this to deal with, and while you have a blank slate, it's a blank slate. You know?
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Uh, so some of it, what I hear you saying then is you, you really have to kind of take into account what resources do you have internally – and what makes the most sense for your culture, your timeline, the uh, uh, resources that you have in house, the agencies that you have, you know, on retaining, you know, wh- whatever your resources look like, you know, you have to take all that into account. So there's not really a one size fits all. Um, I think, you know, a lot of CMSs work for a lot of folks, but that's a different, that's a different, you know, viewpoint than the best versus will it work, you know? So I think, Spending a lot of time internally, asking a lot of questions, which I know you and I have both done um, a number of times, and so I'm not sure I've ever come up with the same answer twice, you know, based on an organization. So,
0: well, you know, and the other thing too, Reed, I mean, to think about too is like integration, right? So your website's not alone. It used to be your website was all you need online. Mm-hmm. But now your website's not alone. you got to integrate with all right. those other stuff that you're doing, social, et cetera. So talk a little bit, Reed, about um, integration and about you know, some of the things that you're seeing with CMSs. Well. Sure. Yeah, I think that's an
1: excellent point. Um, you know, the word meaningful use didn't even exist you know, a handful of years ago. Social media didn't exist a handful of years ago. The way, you know, people find information online was, was very different um, a handful of years ago. Uh, and even before that, there wasn't even an online to find information. So now you've got a couple of different layers. You have, you know, potential patients, former patients, caregivers. Uh, you have physicians, you have staff, you have all these different audiences you're trying to connect with, and then you have all these different technologies. To your point, you used to have a website and a website which just kind of lived on an island. Now it's got to integrate or needs should integrate um, with any sort of communication tools. So your email marketing campaigns, um, you know, different automation type, you know, email's an easy one, but other types of automation. Other campaigns you're doing, uh, you know, paid campaigns, search engine type stuff, uh, PPC, display, paid social, uh, organic social. And then you start looking at the technology on the inside of the fence or on the inside of the organization like your EMR uh, and things like that. How do you best in CRM tools, which we'll talk more about in a future episode. But, you know, how do you weave all of that stuff together so not all of these things are functioning in and of themselves Um, that just makes it harder for you to get actionable data and really understand is what I'm doing effective. You can do it. You know, you can have all these things, you know, function independently of each other, but it's just more work at the end of the day to try to reconcile all that. So the better they all speak and all talk together. Uh, and there's, there's logical kind of a pathway into that. Uh, you don't have to do it all day one. Um, and again, that's about, figuring out what kind of resources you have, what kind of expertise you have in-house, time, effort, energy, uh, budget, you know, all those types of things. But um, trying to get all of those to talk together. I think, you know, we're probably not too far off from having a tool that just does all of those things, right?
0: Well, you know, I think it's arguable whether a tool will solve the problem, Right if anything we know from a technology perspective, most hospitals are like a Frankenstein and that they kind of built things up. You know, they built their website on a CMS and then they built their CRM over here and then they built this over here and they weren't really traditionally integrating. And now we're at that point of integration. And, um, you know, that's a good time to actually kind of take stock of what you're trying to accomplish. Maybe even look down the, down the road a little bit and say, where are we going? What are we trying to accomplish ultimately? And then kind of bring it back to um, what are we going to do, right? I think even in this article that your friend mentioned, he has a great quote here, which it says, um, content management technology is as perishable as bananas. He's referring to sort of like, you know, organizations staying with the same one for many years. And he says, sometimes we just have to accept the fact that we are not going to make banana bread and that we have to start all over again with fresh fruit. Touch point, touch, counterpoint. There are two sides to every story. Ready, fight! Alright, this is our segment, touch point, touch counterpoint, which, uh, going back and listening to the first episode was probably my favorite part of the first episode. What this is, for those of you just tuning in, it's a segment where Reed and I will take two sides of a particular type of discussion or point um, and argue, whether we believe it or not, argue for that particular side, the pros and cons of each side. And this is, a again, a debate team tactic. That uh, people that in debate have used. I don't know if we're doing it right. It, it sounded pretty good last time.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be willing to bet that we aren't doing it right, but that's okay.
0: <laughs> well, still, it makes for good um, audio. Sure. I guess is the right way to say. It. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, our topic today and the touch point, touch counterpoint are. Uh, the pros and cons of licensed content management systems and open source content management systems read you take licensed content management systems and I'll take open source and we'll start and how about we'll start with you go
1: I'm on the clock all right so licensed, content management systems again these are those that you would actually pay for or purchase usually with some sort of an annual fee or uh, subscription you know definitely the way to go Uh, they are much much more secure uh, because you are paying for this piece of software um, you get more support you get um, you know better security backing and typically there is an agency or somebody in place that's helping you manage this uh, on a hourly, daily, weekly, monthly basis.
0: Reed, I can't disagree with you more on that point because let me tell you, <laughs> some of the open source software um, has actually very strong, secure platforms. If you think about it, the New York Times is built on WordPress. There are many um, establishable, established Fortune 100 companies, even uh, financial services companies that are built on like Drupal, et cetera. You, uh, whether it's open source or not, there is security. There are secure platforms. That's where you host it, right? And you want to set that up in your security protocols. But the cost to pay for the CMS doesn't guarantee security.
1: That's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> no. So from a license standpoint, um, I think one of the major advantages, obviously, there's the security piece, and there's the ongoing, uh, you know, focus on that by a particular. Um, you know, source of truth, but there's also, um, you know, different components, widgets, resources that are built, which obviously are available in open source as well. The difference being these are made to work specifically in this use case, have backing, and much like the security piece, you've got folks that are making sure this is working, whether it's, uh, you know, something new, something that's been around a while and as versions go, they make sure that all these different components that they built for this CMS continue to work and function as they should.
0: That which you think is a pro is actually a con because what happens is by tying yourself to an organization that actually builds these proprietary CMSs, you're kind of locked into their development cycles. You're locked in to the what they think is the best way to create things. And so therefore, um, you're kind of stuck with what you get. It's, it's you know, comparable to, to buying a car without understanding what kind of engine is under there, with what, you know, one under, understanding what kind of wheels you want, or even choosing the color. You're stuck with what they give you. so.
1: But in healthcare, I cannot harp on the, uh, the need for security enough. We don't care about what kind of engine's underneath the hood. We just want to make sure it works, and then if something breaks, somebody's going to fix it very, very quickly. And I think that's really what, you know, uh, what licensed software brings to the table is it's more robust, It's more de- there's more depth to it, and the folks that are building it and working on it are experts in that space.
0: Let's jump into your robust point, and let's talk about the fact that on a licensed proprietary CMS... You don't have much robustness, so to speak, not as much as you have on the open source. Like I said earlier, right? it's an open, it's a blank slate. You can build the things that you need to that are unique and specific to your organization. Look, we're all special snowflakes in the the healthcare space with our hospitals, but ultimately what that means is is that we have unique needs that are reflective of our organizations. Why should we be locked into something that's the same?
1: that's the problem with open source. Somebody builds something because they thought it was fun and neat. And then they've moved on uh, because now, you know, they've started a company where they're selling like funny socks or something and nobody's paying attention to this widget that you were using and being able to keep it up. um, And that becomes a vulnerability, especially from a security standpoint.
0: But it also uh, doesn't allow you to do that stuff that we were talking about earlier. Integrating. Think about integrating with all these. You have a marketing automation program. Maybe you you have some. Uh, you know. You want uh, to you want to have do an online bill pay or something like that. You want to integrate with a portal. Heaven forbid that you have to work with a proprietary. Uh, developer to kind of help them, uh, you know, pull this forward in their, in their, in their uh, revision cycle of development, it's going to be difficult. Open source, you can, you can jump into a whole audience, millions of developers that can help you with it.
1: That you don't know, and you have no idea where they are. However, if you're paying you can bring that through uh, the cycle much, much quicker. And you've got a dedicated resource because you're paying them to do it. It's not you know, a college kid that's doing this part-time and you have no idea where they are.
0: And I think with that, we'll probably call this scene. <laughs> <laughs> there are some good points, pros and cons to both proprietary and open source. And again, just to reiterate, neither one of us feel this you know, we're we're deliberately choosing uh, extreme opposites of the side, but we'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Are you open source? Are you licensed? What do you feel is better for your organization? What's what's the best for hospitals? Love for you to weigh in. Yeah, hit
1: us up on Twitter. Um, what you use and why you use it. Would love to hear.
0: All right. This is a new segment on our podcast called "Ask an Expert," where we find uh, an expert that's out there in our space in the industry that's pretty well known, and just have a real good conversation about our particular topic at hand. And today, we happen to find one of the one of the preeminent experts in the space, uh, someone that uh, as was once referred to, at least to me, as the Godfather of Digital Marketing and Healthcare. And that's the venerable Ed Bennett. Ed, welcome to the podcast.
2: Well, thank you, Chris. I'm pleased to be here. And uh, yes, I guess I've earned the uh, godfather with my gray hair and gray beard, and I'm going to own that. (laughs) (laughs) Well... Ed,
0: I mean, it's it's such a, a, a young industry to be called the Godfather doesn't necessarily reflect on your age. That's true. <laughs> so, so I wouldn't worry so much about that. Um, so Ed, uh, I know you. I've known you for a number of years. It's coming on ten years now that we've known each other. But for people in our audience that may not know you, maybe you want to give a little
2: introduction as to who you are. Sure, um, I've been doing uh, making a living on the web since around 1995. Uh, was one of the first folks uh, in my old town of Chicago to connect to the internet from home, and just really jumped into it. I, I realized that this was the future for technology and for communications early on, and left uh, my previous job, which had nothing to do with the internet, uh, to explore this new medium. Uh, around late 1990, I joined the University of Maryland Medical Center and built their web program and had some success with that mainly because I was applying some of the basic uh, principles of search engine optimization and content marketing back before it was called content marketing to get traffic to our site. I left the University of Maryland in March of uh, 2016, so coming up on a year, and went out and started consulting again, kind of going back to my roots. So I'm working with hospitals, I'm working with vendors in the healthcare digital space, and just basically, really enjoying this uh, this new career. Awesome. Well, Ed, today's topic is about content management
0: systems and CMSs. And I know that your background and expertise um, in content management systems, since way back when, has you know, back before I was even involved in digital. I, would, I guess nineteen ninety five. Tell us a little bit about you know, sort of what your perspective is, how you saw the industry changing.
2: What I've seen along the way is that. Uh, in the early days of hospitals doing content management and doing websites the the CMS was seen as a very simple sort of page publishing platform pretty pretty straightforward Uh, its purpose was to publish pages of content you know photos and text and as the industry's grown that's now shifted to a a system that has um, many different responsibilities it needs to be able to adapt to uh, mobile, uh, connect to all different sorts of other online services. And I think the big issue for hospitals is that they, they underst- underestimate the complexity involved in picking a system. What are some of the things that you would recommend for people when they're choosing the right CMS? Well, I think the first thing is to recognize that the actual platform is something you'll be living with for at least five to seven years. That seems to be the typical cycle of a hospital uh, deciding they need a new platform, starting from a blank page, and 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 going forward. So, my recommendation always has always been: select your content management system first. Once you have figured out what CMS is right for you, which is this, which is its own um, project, uh, and then figure out who the right development partner will be. Now, the development partner is going to handle the heavy lifting of creating the website in your chosen CMS, is going to be working with you for the design and all the fundamental pieces of the CMS, and you're going to be working with this development partner for at least five to seven years uh, because they're going to be, they should be, uh, your trusted partner to help you with major projects, advise you on changes that are happening with the, the CMS and web landscape, so that's a very important relationship. Um, I tend to avoid uh, the turnkey vertical solutions, uh, what I call hospital website in a box. Uh, most of them are pretty limited. Uh, the advantage of course is that you'll get a website up very quickly, uh, but the disadvantage is that it, it will probably be more difficult for you to make changes and most importantly for you to integrate other services into the website.
0: I think uh, I want to focus in a little bit on, on one thing that you said, you know, that, that websites now are starting to integrate more into various different things. Let's talk about the integration. Um, and I know that a hospital website is, is more than just informational now. It's a transactional tool. It's what people use to interact with their care. So tell me a little bit about, you know, your thoughts around the integration of your CMS.
2: What, what are some things that we want to look for? What are some things that you would recommend? so when you look for a cms you need to find someone where a company or a product where at their core they understand that they're not going to be able to do hundred percent of, of everything that you need on the website that you, there will be times where you're going to be looking at a different vendor for particular aspects of what you're doing so for example uh... let's say you di- decide to do physician transparency well there's vendors out there who just focus on taking the data from your surveys Uh, getting it set up in a workflow that makes sense for you and your doctors, and then feeding that into your website. You want to make sure your CMS is uh, ready for that kind of integration. Well, those are certainly some words of wisdom
0: that uh, a lot of hospitals and health systems can take to heart. Is there anything else about uh, content management systems that that we, we haven't touched on yet, Ed?
2: Well... I think the, uh, the big thing is, is, is how quickly the technology or how people consume content is changing. So for one, one very quick example, we are seeing uh, Alexa and uh, Google Home and these devices where you can talk to a device and the device will answer back. Mm-hmm. Does your content management system have a way of making sure that there's appropriate content that could be spoken? someone who is who is uh, asked a question via one of those devices um that's a very technology uh focused question but the cms should be able the company should be able to say yes we can build that or we already have that in place there should be that flexibility as other technologies come along that we have no idea uh, what might happen in five years uh, but you should, you should be able to see a track record from the CMS vendor that says that they can respond to this and do it well.
0: Well, not only does that make sense for like kind of the future trends, but that certainly goes a long way to help with accessibility with, mm-hmm. with people. And that could be a topic of a whole nother podcast. Well, why don't you, um, you know, uh, to wrap it up, why don't you share with how people can get a hold of you? Sure.
2: Uh, just go to ebenet.org. Or look me up on Google, Ed Bennett, and uh, I will be very happy to uh, talk to you and help you with any problems you might have.
0: Awesome, Ed. Thanks so much for your time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, that's um, coming to the end of our second episode of the Touchpoint podcast. This is a good one, Reed. Um, We were able to kind of jump in and talk about content management systems. Uh, You know, how do the CMSs, what their role is in the overall digital space? We went into the mess of the content management system industry, talked about, you know, some of the things. Why does it matter? How is it? What are some of the trends we're seeing? What a headless CMS is?
1: Headless CMS. Headless CMS. Like headless monster. Monster CMS. CMS, headless monster. Um, I have no idea what this means other than the equation to a headless monster.
0: Then we, we kind of faced off in a touch point, touch counterpoint, uh, discussing open source versus licensed CMSs. That was kind of fun, a little, a little happy there. And then lastly, we talked with Ed Bennett about the evolution of content management systems and some things hospitals need to look out for. So I think that was a good second episode. What do you think, Reed?
1: Yeah, that was great. It was fun to uh, uh, you know spend a little bit of time talking about content management systems, dig into what they are, uh, what they're good for, how we used to use them, how we use them now, what we need to start thinking about, open source, licensed. We we hit on a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, who would have thought something as you know as bland as CMS would dedicate a whole podcast. But I think it was really interesting. I think a lot of our hospitals and health systems um, out there are really kind of curious about this topic. So what's next with you? What is happening with you in the future here?
1: Oh, you know, a little bit of business travel. We've got a couple of WebExes coming up, probably the next one. I think I mentioned this last time. um, It's actually on the Mayo Clinic site now. Uh, You can check out socialmedia.mayoclinic.org, but I have a WebEx coming up where we're talking about uh, some of the findings of, of some surveying and data collection we did across all the uh, the hospitals in Texas. And um, so that should be neat. So we talked about staffing, budget, what they're focused on from an advertising perspective, uh, metrics, some benchmarking data, et cetera. So it should be a good one. You can check that out. If you're a member, it's, uh, it's available to you for free. If not, I think there's a a, a small fee to, uh, to join in.
0: Cool. Well, I'm going to definitely listen in on that one. Um, for me, I actually, since the first podcast, I picked up another gig. It's not open to um, not open to the general public, but I'll be speaking for a health system about the evolution of digital marketing in hospitals and health systems and kind of the role that digital is going to be playing in the future. And then... Um, as I mentioned in the last one, my next uh, public speaking gig is going to be at the uh, Forum for Healthcare Strategists, where I'll be talking about the 360-degree view of the patient and how organizations, hospitals, are starting to, um, you know, map that and understand that. So it should be a lot of fun, and you're going to be there. So absolutely, um, you know. For those of you guys listening in who are going to be at the forum, uh, definitely reach out to us and make your drink reservations now because uh, we're looking forward to meeting you and and sharing a drink with you and maybe even recording a podcast there. That'd be a lot of fun. Absolutely. All right, Reed. This is um, fun. Fun part. Uh, recommendation time. Uh, this is where we make kind of a recommendation. It could be related to the topic. Could be just related to whatever that we find to be kind of interesting in our lives right now. That we want our audience to listen to or pay attention to
1: last time I recommended a podcast this time I'm going with an app Uh, for anybody that is in the car for any period of time this has been a huge help for me as someone who travels and spends a fair amount of time behind the windshield it's an app called mile IQ M I L E I Q. it automatically tracks everywhere that I drive. And then with a swipe of the finger, I can classify it as a business trip or a personal trip. And at the end of the month, I can quickly email myself a PDF document of all my business drives, and it makes uh, expense reporting a lot less time consuming. So I would recommend that. Anybody want to check that out? I believe it's free-ish. It may be relatively cheap, um, but anyway, it's worth it. It's, it's a great uh, great way
0: to keep track of, uh, of all your mileage automatically. It is free, and I'm downloading it now. I was using a different app, but this one, I've heard a lot about it, so I'm gonna try it out. Good recommendation. Um, my recommendation is going to be something a little bit more analog, not digital in nature, and I've realized that maybe this is two weeks in a row I've done this, but this time around, it's gonna be a book that I actually am starting to read by my friend Jared Johnson, who is actually on Twitter as well, at Jared Plano. Um, It's called Connect the Docs, to put digital health into practice, a handbook for clinicians. And it's really a a series of uh, conversations and interviews that he's had with a number of clinicians and health IT advocates across the country talking about how they can actually start to put digital health into practice. And it's certainly worth a read. Um, I have a hard copy. You can get it on Kindle and through Amazon as well electronically. Definitely recommend it. It's a really great read. Awesome. All right. So we're at the end now of our second podcast read. We're now veterans at this what do you think? Are we uh, going to continue on?
1: Absolutely. Hang around for episode three.
0: All right. Episode three. Pick it up wherever you found this podcast. And uh, we really encourage uh, you to give us feedback. Let us know how you, what you think. Tell us about topics you might want us to talk about in the future. Also, raise your hand if you want to be interviewed. We love to have uh, good, smart people talking to us. Maybe we can do a little informal vote. And you can let me know if you think that I actually won the touch point touch counterpoint <laughs> argument this week or not
1: awesome <laughs> Awesome.
0: all right reed well thanks again and thanks everyone for listening and uh, have a great day